in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. Last pod was a couple, maybe two weeks ago. Um, I feel like I was on it. I was on it after CBS Yep. Yeah, we've had a couple of since then. And welcome to the show, Wake and Take Podcast. Ben Boone, Brady Galbraith, Randarius Zandolph, and Brady Hallbuyer with you. Zach Brio calling in. Zach Schefter. Shoot, we're going to have to start the whole thing over, boys. <laughs> Just kidding. Zach Schefter calling in shortly. He has a rant about the college football playoff selection committee. We've heard, I mean, we haven't talked about it on the podcast ourselves, but it's been all over the media the last few days. Everybody upset that Florida State, not everybody, but I think uh, at least Florida State fans upset that Florida State didn't get in. Hey, can we mute the TV? I'm sorry, I forgot to mute the TV. <laughs> Bengals just missed a, a uh, field goal in the Monday night football game. We'll call Z Beast in just a little bit. But fellas, how are we all doing? We had a, a bye week as well with the Vikings on bye week, and I think we won. I think we won the bye week, at least the, the Minnesota Vikings. Everybody doing good tonight? Doing good. We can take one the bye. We can take one the bye. Randy's having himself a good couple of weeks. We haven't heard from Randy in a while. When his football teams start to do bad, we, he kind of disappears <laughs> from the podcast scene. All of a sudden, Randy's back, and I'm sure he's got some stuff to say about the Iowa Hawkeyes and whatever else Randy likes to talk about, the Green Bay Packers as well. Uh, ben Boone, Minnesota Timberwolves expert, here as well with us tonight to give us some hot takes on the Wolves, your first place Minnesota Timberwolves. And I saw a John Krasinski tweet the other day. I think it was yesterday, so that would make it 13 days now. Um, the, Vi- the Vikings, the Timberwolves have been in first place in the Western Conference Finals, which is more more days than the Timberwolves have ever been in first place in franchise history ever. Uh, I think in 20- 2003, they were in first for 10 days. Um, and that was their only 10 days, and now we've been in first for almost two weeks. Um, BG, did you see something similar to that? 10 days was the longest um, from our existence until now with the Kevin Garnett era that year in 03. At 13 now, yeah, 15-4, and four, best record in the NBA, uh, tied with the Celtics, but we beat them head-on, so I'll, I'll say it, best record in the NBA, and, you know, you kind of got to pinch yourself still, even though we're a, fur- a little bit further along in the season, but to see the Wolves as number one, and the Thunder is number two. I mean, yep. it's not something you're used to seeing, but it's just great that the Warriors, the Lakers, the Clippers, those teams are below us, and some of those teams are quite a bit below us right now. Certainly. So let's give Zach Briel a ring, see what uh, see what he has to say. I'll keep it off until he answers the phone because um, that's kind of hit or miss. Then we'll talk, a little, uh, we'll talk a little Vikings after we talk playoff show. Zach. Zachary? How's it going? Good. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you guys? Can you hear me pretty well? Yeah, we can. Everybody got him on the headset. Got him. Yeah, Zach on a landline. Zach on a landline. No. Is, that, <laughs> is this sound better? Yeah. No, you sound great. <laughs> okay. You sound awesome. great. So we just started the pod. We we're going to talk college football playoff. We wanted to get your take first. Um, clearly, you're upset about Florida State, 13 and 0, winning uh, their conference championship on Saturday. Although I, I didn't watch the game, it was against um, Louisville, uh, I think 15th ranked team in the country. But from what I heard, they didn't blow them out. It was a closer game than expected. So anyway, Florida State left out of the college football playoff. You have a gripe with that. Let's hear it. I do. Um, I'm very upset. I was 
I was so upset. I was almost sick to my stomach yesterday. Um, I can't even imagine if I was a Florida state fan. I don't know why it upset me so much. Um, and I was doing some thinking. I was actually doing some research too, back into a couple of years back. Actually, I think it was 2014. I looked at it was 2014. Let me look what I wrote down. Yeah, 14. When TCU got left out too. Yep. It's the same damn thing that they did to TCU. And it has everything to do with the size of the market and not anything to do with the record of the team. Um, it, it's it's unbelievable. It's I, I mentioned this to you. I texted this to you. It's I I think the what's the phrasing I used? It's um oh what did I say? I, it was better. I, that's why I got to write stuff down because it gets so frustrated and I forget <laughs> what I was right. trying to say. Well, um, it, I, I think it's it's uh what, what is that called when they do something they're not supposed to do? Like uh, a sin, the like, uh, what's it called? Like collusion, like FIFA, no FIFA, collusion or corruption, collusion or corruption. Yeah, one of those. Sorry, no collusion. Yeah. Um, collusion, collusion I, Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's probably the highest example of corruption that I think any professional or collegiate sports has seen um, in our lifetime. Wow. Uh, and I'll that's tell you why that's take. the case. Um, if you guys. You guys, can you let me cook here? Or do you guys, yeah, you guys yeah, want to bump, bump in first here? No, no. All right, I'm going to be cooking for a little bit here. Okay. All right. So here we go. Let me take you back a couple of years here. Cincinnati. This is, this is, I think, the best example we can put here. Undefeated non-Power 5 conference team. Okay? Mm-hmm. So last year, or that, I think that was two, that was two years ago, Ohio State's the sixth seed. Cincinnati's the fourth seed. And don't nobody tell me in that room for a second that Cincinnati was actually a better team than Ohio State was. We agree with that. Yep. With Stroud, there's no way. There's no way. Okay? They might even have fields. I, I can't remember who it was. But they went undefeated, and so they're at the four seed. Cincinnati, uh, let me see here. I had to write down my notes, like I said. Um, Cincinnati's undefeated, non-Power 5 conference. OSU loses to Oregon and Michigan that year, and they rank sixth in the year. But they are by far a better football team than Cincinnati. But they get in with because they're undefeated, and that makes total sense. They had big wins and like some pretty talented players. I remember they had like Sauce Gardner and they had Ritter. I mean, a good team. Um, but I will tell you this: that Florida State had even bigger wins, I think, and they had an even more talented team this year. And they literally just changed the rule to make sure that an SEC team made it so they can get more money with people watching it. Because more people are going to watch Bama than Florida State, even though Florida State's not a small market team. But that has never once been the criteria for making the Final Four ever. It's not the best four teams like we saw with Cincinnati. Cincinnati by far is not, he wasn't, they weren't the top eight best team that year. And they put up a good fight versus, versus Georgia. But they were not the best. Te- it should have been Ohio State in there, even though they were ranked sixth. Okay, they had two losses, one to Oregon, one to Michigan. They were still a top four team. That's why it's so frustrating that this happened. And it happened to TCU as well in 2014, like I said the first time. One lost team, number three in the country, week 14 of the college football playoff poll. 
the next week, Ohio State blows out Wisconsin in the in the Big Ten championship game, and they're Ohio State's number five at this time. Without anything changing, TCU falls to number six. So Ohio State and ironically Florida State, who was undefeated at that time too, could sneak into the three four spot. Nothing changed, only for the reason that no one gives a shit about TCU and everyone cares about Ohio State, and in that case, Florida State, which is kind of funny that this is the other way around. Yeah, This is literally what happened this year. People want to see Bama, not Florida State. And so the, the committee thought about that, and they said, hey, we're going to get less backlash because Florida State's a smaller program, not by much, but they're a smaller program with less fans. They went undefeated and they're overlooking everything because, because they didn't go by their criteria of, hey, they're not maybe the fourth best team right now. They're probably not top 10 because they lost their quarterback. They didn't follow the criteria they, they, they follow every year except for 2014. They didn't follow that. They said, well, let's take it into our own hands. Let's make sure that we actually get the best team in here, which, like I said, never been before. And they fucked up huge. And I'm going to stop there. Zach, I, I got a couple like, questions for you. All right. I got a yeah, couple go questions. For, for sure. So are you saying Florida State's a small program with a small fan base? No, no, no. So smaller. It's all in comparison. It's all, it's a hierarchy. Here. That one year in 2014, what do you OSU. Think? They are a blue blood. Like Florida State is a blue blood. They they were in the muck yeah, for a couple. The they're, they're in the muck a couple of years, just like like Michigan was. But Florida State, like if you ask if you ask people to name, if you just ask random people to name football programs, they know Florida State because of Bobby Bowden is going to be up there. Second, second. Um, so this is the worst scandal in college football or college sports history. I said professional as well. And professional. Okay, so let me just look at college, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss out a couple of college college scandals, and you tell me which is worse: Florida State getting Go left out, getting left out of the playoff, or or these these options. Uh, number one, um, a head coach at Penn State covering up uh, sexual abuse of minors for decades. Is this worse than Jerry Sandusky? Uh, I'll tell you that my answer is going to be a no to that but you're not <laughs> understanding the point of this is because that was hey you're not understanding the, the criteria here the NCAA didn't tell Paterno to turn his back on the guy who was raping children the NCAA had every play in this one okay a committee of 28 dudes didn't tell Jerry hey, there's, one to woman, there's one woman on that, on that committee put some respect in her on her name all right well, now you're dodging the dodging the, the, the okay, whole. Okay, so so I have to, I have to excuse sex crimes. You have to figure so, out something. So no, the, it, the, it has <laughs> to be it has to be something. Holy shit! With, it has to be something. With the NCAA, Penn, I'm not talking about Penn. I'm not talking about one team. Okay, I'm not talking okay. about one coach. There there are people that did some horrible scummy things. I'm talking about the NCAA as a as a, a billion dollar business did did the most corrupt thing in American sports that that has been in our lifetime. For sure, and I don't. I mean, if you can figure out one more, I've got one for you. Me, but that, yeah. that was Penn State. I think Let's I've got it. an easy one for you. With most corrupt, it goes Let's back to 2002 Western Conference Finals, Lakers and Kings, when the NBA has literally come out and said that it was rigged. Talk about a bigger market there between Los Angeles and Sacramento. Maybe similar situations, but it has been, you know, proved people have gone to jail. 
that it has been rigged. So that would be my first comment, but I don't really care about that stuff. I just wanted to bring that up. Getting back to your <laughs> point though. Um, I listened to Kirk Herbstreet talk about it today. And just so you know, I'm totally mm-hmm. on your side. I think Florida state should totally be in it. I think it's bullshit that they're not. They're the number four team going into the game. They're undefeated in the ACC, which had a better head-to-head than the SEC did this year, and they won their conference yeah. championship. What else do you want them to do? But I think the main reason they didn't make it is obvious. It's just their their starting quarterback is hurt. Um, it's nothing against them, but talking or listening to Kirk Herbstreet on ESPN today, he pulled up the criteria, the four, five bullet points, whatever it is, and one of the one of the bullet points for consideration in the college football playoff is if there's any key injuries to players. And I'm not saying that's a right rule, but it is a rule, and it's part of the criteria. And that's 100% part of the reason why Alabama is in and Florida State is out. I'm going to play both both sides here. Um, So on on one end, the the only way I I see you putting Alabama in, I I think Florida State should be in. If the committee looked at the SEC championship game, they had Alabama ranked, what, eighth, I believe? Eight? Yeah, and and yep. if you look at the the conference uh, the conference championships, almost like the first round of the playoffs, like ranked one one through eight, uh, mm-hmm. Alabama upset the number one team. So by by that standard, they got in, and Florida State beat the number tenth or eleventh ranked team. Um, now again, I think Florida State should get in. I think what Florida State's defense did to a top ten offense in college football. Um, should have been enough. Uh, Louisville is, is one of the most dynamic, most fun offenses to watch. I, I just think people don't watch a lot of ACC football. Um, and the way that they're able to shut them down, I think Florida State, their defense can keep them in any game, you know, as an Iowa fan, similar to like Iowa can. Um, however, Florida State actually has a, f- a functioning offense. And what I don't understand with the injury stuff is Tate Rotomaker is not a bad quarterback, and he just missed yeah. the championship game because of a concussion, he would have definitely been back for a semifinal game, and they just seem to completely ignore that in in keeping Florida State out. Yeah, yeah, that I didn't I didn't know that was the criteria the, the injured player. That probably would have been helpful to know as I chew over this <laughs> the last two days and almost burned out at hospital. You know, I was just so freaking pissed about this for for just the reason of that Alabama. It's just, you know, and, and and you make a really good point. Florida State is no slouch, for sure, and I think that's why maybe it also resonates with a lot more people than that one year with TCU where I was like, ah, who gives a shit? TCU can, whatever, no one cares. But this is actually a big deal. I mean, Florida State undefeated. You, you tell me that they they missed the playoff, and I get it. it was a ton, there was a bunch of teams. There were six teams that probably could have made it, maybe seven, that probably could have had a chance to be like, hey, they're actually the top four teams in the nation. Um, but I think that they're absolutely spineless, and I think the SEC has that unwritten rule um, that I think has been made mainstream of that. The SEC commissioner, I think he has hands in some pockets of like there needs to be at least one SEC team every year to make it, and that's that's the part that really really got to me. You know, let's say if it was Texas, and I know this doesn't make sense, but Oregon, say Texas and Oregon beat out FSU. I would be a little less frustrated just because yeah. I know that the SEC is so powerful, you know, it, it, and they're not even, they weren't even in the best conference. I, they, like, like Brady said, they went, the, the ACC had a better head to head than this year. The PAC 12 was far better 
far better at the conference. Now, the SEC was top-heavy this year, but the Pac-12 was far better as a conference, okay? And I think the SEC is just, they've got so much power. And that's 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 what it comes down to in my mind. And that, I feel a little better now. I, I was really steaming yeah. before. And, and I'll live. I mean, Florida State, I really don't give a shit about. But, man, I, I'd feel bad for Big George and, and those guys. That really sucks. Yeah, Big George, yeah. surprisingly, wasn't as upset as I thought he might be. Uh, but he was, he was saying the same thing. Yeah, we got screwed. Um, but I think if you, if you really just dumb it down, you say, who are the four best teams in the country? Florida state, uh, obviously is not in that conversation anymore. Their body of work. You made a good point. A lot of good points that certainly they beat everybody in front of them. But, um, when, when you're talking about the four best teams in the country, yeah, it sucks. And it sucks to be a Florida state fan today, but they're not one of the four best teams in the country because they lost their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple of things, here's what they should have done. One. They could, they could have taken with the Jordan Travis injury, taken a Rodgers approach. Oh, he could be back. Oh, he might be back next week. We never know. He could be back. If they'd said that, they'd, oh, yeah. they'd be in the playoff. Uh, if they were, and maybe they'd get in trouble for that. But I don't think they would because there's really not a ton of rules over injuries in the NCAA. If it was the NFL, yes, they'd, they'd be in huge trouble. Um, probably lose a couple of draft picks over that. But NCAA, there's no rules about reporting, so you have to have an injury report and stuff like that, but I don't know how close they even monitor all that. So they could have easily said, uh, he's coming back in two weeks, and he could be healthy by the by uh, January 1st or by December 31st. He might be healthy whether he, he was or not. Um, the other thing is, yeah. if you're going to put Texas in, obviously Alabama, or I mean, excuse me, if you're going to put Alabama in, obviously you have to put Texas in. They beat him in the non-conference and so that was part of it as well they don't want to leave the SEC out maybe I, I don't I don't really buy I heard Herb Street talking about that too to uh, pardon my take on an interview a couple weeks ago he, he said they don't even look at the the ratings because it really doesn't matter it seems like it would it seems like oh you put Alabama in over uh, let's say Michigan or somebody it seems like or over uh, I don't know Cincinnati from last year let's say or a couple of years ago when they made it uh, the ratings really don't they don't go up that much. They might go up by quarter of a million, half a million might watch it more, but it's not really any, it's not like 10 million huh. people are going to watch the championship game or 2 million are. There's, it, it's very, it's very fine, the margins. And they don't even, according to Herb Street, he said, and he was very emphatic about it because they kept, they kept asking him about it. Like, are you sure the ratings don't play an impact in who's selected? He said they have absolutely zero impact um, because it wow. doesn't really, doesn't really change. I mean, we're going to watch it no matter what. Um, and I think that's the way most of the country looks at it. You're either going to watch it or you're not. Uh, and yeah. the teams don't make that much uh, of a difference in terms of when you're talking about tens of millions of people watching these games or about 10 million people watching these games on the big ones. It doesn't make that big of a difference um, when it comes to ad revenue and that kind of stuff. But um, how many people turn mm-hmm. it off at halftime if Florida State's in and they're well, yeah, down that's 20 th- plus? That's true. Yeah, maybe some. But again, I think Florida State's defense will keep them in every game. Like Iowa did, twenty-five rip. We can get into that later. I, how many? How how long were a Michigan's touchdown drives? Didn't watch the game, dude. I've watched enough Iowa football this year. <laughs> not, you can't you can't watch enough Iowa football. We're not talking Iowa tonight. We're only talking about my good sports teams. I, I will. I'll end it with all in my my discussion with this one. Is imagine they did that in the NFL. Imagine if they did it in the NFL and then they took the 49ers out of last year's NFC Championship game or the playoffs to be like, ah, yeah, you guys are missing your quarterback. You're done. Are you, are you, are you that. saying that you take the Niners mid-game out of the NFC Championship game when Brock Purdy goes down mid-game? 
say that one more time. Yeah, are you saying are you saying that the the NFL could take the Niners out of the game in the middle of the game and just replace them with another team? Because I would love that. That would be so great. No, if you just like if no, if, like, if Patrick Mahomes goes down in the playoffs and you just have a backup team waiting, like all right, the Chiefs suck. Like let's just throw another team in there, finish this game. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be awesome. No, I mean Purdy was their their third string. Going into that game, going into the game, third or fourth, no, no. they had lost Brock, Trey Lance. They had lost Brock Purdy. Um, started like a third Garoppolo. of the season last year. Zach Schefter. Yeah, but he was still he was still technically their third string, and he wasn't it wasn't anything like he's doing this year. I mean, this year he's got kind of he's the MVP favorite. Right? He didn't lose a game in the regular Is season really? last yeah. year. He didn't lose a game until yeah, he got but, injured. Yeah, but it wasn't. It, he wasn't like I don't know. Yeah, he, I don't know. he wasn't the MVP it, favorite. Yeah. yeah, you got me there, Zach. He certainly wasn't. It that. just doesn't. It uh, I don't know. It seems just so so unfair that that's that's the criteria. Is that hey, you've got a whole team of fifty-two guys out there, but your one quarterback went down, and, and even though you didn't lose a game, you guys are out. Like that's fucked. Yeah, I don't think I. I think I'm. I'm I, I boycotted Jimmy John's in July. I haven't gone back. I think I'm boycotting <laughs> college football. I like. I it. think I'm done with college football, dude. Why did you boycott Jimmy John's? Jimmy John's sucks. Oh, they fuck up, dude. They fuck up so bad. I was late to work a couple times because <laughs> they messed up my order. <laughs> they weren't fast and I was enough waiting for you. There forever. Yeah, no, they were so slow. And then they had like lost a couple times. They lost my receipt thing under the register. Like, oh shit! Oh yeah, sorry. I was waiting there for an hour one time, and I told them like, "Hey, sorry, this is my last time. I'm, I'm coming here." And Without saying had, anything, you waited for an hour. No, I, I kept going, and they're like, "Hey, what's your name?" I'm like, "No, like I, I kept telling them my name," and they're like, "Oh, we don't see you here." Let's, and and we just, I just sat there. I sat there for, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on? This is ridiculous." <laughs> no, oh sorry. So I was waiting there for a half hour. I put my order in a half hour early. So online, so I was waiting for a total of an hour, but 30 minutes at the restaurant, and I kept going back and forth. I went up like two or three times, and then they finally said, I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah, I'm so sorry, it was under the register. <laughs> did they oh get my. you a free one or anything? They did not. Yeah, I'd boycott that shit too. Yeah, that's yep. a fair boycott. So you're boycotting yep. the college football playoff. <laughs> yeah, maybe college football in general after what happened to the Big Ten, dude. I, I don't think I need to see that anymore. What about the Washington and Texas game, though? You're going to boycott that? That'll be that'll be fun. Uh, I guess they didn't really do anything to me. Um, hmm. I'll, have to th- I'll get back to you on that one. I'm not sure yet. You're yeah, just fine. You, you, you get a month. Right now, Zach. What's that, Boone? I said you're just finding reasons to be mad right now. I am for sure am. I absolutely am. That's kind of been... I got to stop doing that. I really got to stop doing that. I will say, I think if it's roles reversed and Alabama's quarterback goes down and they're number four and they win the SEC championship, they find a reason to keep Alabama in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1,000%. Thank you. That's what I was going to say the whole time. Yeah. And I think another <laughs> yeah, thing we haven't talked yeah. about yet is this obviously... The, well, not obviously, but it, it is the last year of the four-team playoffs. So I think if this is like, I don't know, if we're going to do four-team playoff for the next 10 years, let's say, or they still have another five years on it, I think they probably put Florida State in because they don't want to set the precedent of go undefeated, win your conference championship, then miss the college football playoff because of a key injury. But because next year they're going to 12 teams, they don't have to worry about that. There's never going to be another That's Florida State. True. There's never going to be another 13-0 and conference champion who doesn't get in because in that situation, even this year, like Liberty, what are they, 13-0 and as well? They won the American or whatever terrible conference they're probably in. Uh, 
Liberty would probably get into a, a top 12 they, they would. team playoff, because, for example. And there's not going to be any teams that get left out. Yeah, well, the 12-team the playoff does have a carve-out for a group of five team. So Liberty this year would have been would have been in the playoff, surprisingly. And that enough. doesn't mean they'd be like the fifth seed. They'd they're be just the, guaranteed. They're guaranteed. If, if, the, if they have them ranked as high as the seventh seed, then they'd be like Cincinnati. You know, if if we had the twelve team playoff that year, they'd be top four. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I so. think I, I think the chances of of looking ahead to next year with all the conference realignment. I mean, how are we going to see a thirteen and zero team next year? I I just I don't think we're going to see a thirteen zero team next year. Well, maybe in the big Big Twelve. I think you got a point, but I don't, Andy. I don't think the schedules are really. I mean, at least for the Gophers, yeah, we got a couple of random now Big Twelve teams on our schedule, or sorry, Pac twelve teams on our schedule. Um, but I don't think the schedules are really changing that much yet. Will they in the long run? Absolutely. Um, but like, I think Iowa, Iowa State, they're still playing each other, right? I think a lot of those, like Washington, Washington State, they're still going to play each other. Oregon, Oregon State, yeah. they're still going to play each but, other. But they're not going to be in the same conference, but they're still going to play each other. But, but you look at it, you look at like the Big Ten, you know, like Michigan's picking up, you know, every year they're picking up like an or like I think next year Michigan has Oregon and Ohio State has Washington and Penn State oh. has USC. I, I think that's how it goes next year. Sure. So like you're picking up on top of, yeah. you know, those, you know, those three th- teams playing against each other of, of one really hard game which is gonna be great for the regular season it just you know if, if we see a 13-0 team that's gonna be a pretty damn good yeah. football team and we're gonna see some really good two loss teams making the playoffs now with 12 oh, teams yeah. i think i was thinking about it in my head i don't know but i mean maybe even a three loss team that'd be have to be a really tough schedule but i mean it's just gonna be a lot more competitive football where you're not gonna yeah. i don't know if there's well, gonna be an undefeated team and, that makes it and and just thinking too of like like all the talk over the last week, okay, I'm going to talk a little about Iowa, but it's making a larger point about the Big Ten. Everyone's saying this is the last chance that Iowa's ever going to have it at a Big Ten championship game. And if you look at all the schedules over the next couple of years in the Big Ten, there are some teams like in Iowa, Minnesota, maybe we can get into the state of that program right now, but like Wisconsin and Nebraska, like if assuming those programs continue to rebuild, they have the resources to do that that there's going to be one off year where in the Big 10 you're going to have a two loss conference team make the championship game because tiebreakers and whatnot teams kind of cannibalizing each other like there's going to be those fluke years where where a team that that you don't think of is going to make the championship game um it's just going to make you know college football is a great the greatest cuz every every game matters and it's going to be even it's everything's going to matter even more starting next year yep I think that's a great point. Uh, Alabama, Michigan. I think Michigan's only a point and a half favorite, something like that. Um, in the first game on New Year's Day, 4 o'clock, maybe at 3 o'clock um, with the Eastern thing. Let's see. No, it is 4 o'clock Central time. So Alabama, Michigan, New Year's Day, 4 o'clock. Texas, Washington, and Texas, minus four um, opening lines for those mm-hmm. two games. Whoa. The, the, greatest, the greatest thing about the Rose Bowl is – uh, around the first quarter, we got our first ESPN Masters commercial <laughs> dropped. Every Rose Bowl, it's it's the greatest thing. Huh? I know. There you have it. Um, Z Briel, we'll keep you on the line if you want to stay in for the rest of the pod. Uh, but you don't. Sure, have to I, I won't say anymore. much. But I'll just I'm just gonna listen. I won't probably say much unless something crazy happens, and then I'll have to hop in or something. Okay. No worries. You say as much as you want. Let's flip courses to the Minnesota Vikings. Six and six. Still in 
wild card positioning, at least I'm pretty sure. Um, I think we're in the seventh spot right now. Uh, after the bye week, Vikings at Las Vegas at, at the Raiders in that sweet new stadium. I don't think we've played there yet um, since they built that thing, the uh, the Death Star um, out in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, the Timberwolves going 3-1 and one in the pool, not making it to the play-in. So for all the Minnesota sports fans heading out to Las Vegas, I know there's a bunch of uh, radio folks from KFAN going out there. They're doing like a live radio show on Friday morning in in Vegas ahead of the Vikings game. And it would have been just nuts if, if the T-Wolves were playing there um, that night on Friday night. Or would, would it be Thursday night? It would have been Thursday and Saturday for the uh, for the play-in game. But unfortunately, the T-Wolves not making it out of the pool. One loss to the Kings, and then the point differential uh, ended up costing the Timberwolves. They must have lost by a lot to uh, Sacramento because I think we were even money after, uh, after it was all said like and done. 10-point loss. Yeah, okay. And we just didn't beat our other opponents by... Yeah, that much because our all. point differential was was literally zero. Yeah. I think um, we would have had to beat the Thunder by like thirty points the okay. last game, and to get that win and the point differential. So, and it, we were probably in the the most difficult um, pool in all of the um, of all the pools out there. I so mean, it was like, Kings, Golden State, us, and who was the fourth team? Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. Is but tough. I mean, that's three potential playoff teams. Yeah, yeah. That is a very tough pool, but uh, we'll talk T-Wolves at the end. We'll get the Savant in, uh, in on that one. So big question in the bye week for the Vikings, and really the, the only question is who is our starting quarterback for next week? Who is our starting quarterback when we play the Raiders next Sunday? Uh, I think the majority of Vikings, I, I guess I don't know. Uh, just looking at the athletic here, they, they're predicting uh, Dobbs to be the starting quarterback. I kind of had a hunch it was going to be Mullins. Um, who was, who's been injured. That's why he didn't play over Dobbs. That's why part of the reason why they brought Josh Dobbs in. Um, and, and so Nick Mullins, two years with the team, I believe it might, no, I think it, I think last year was his first year we got him from San Francisco. Um, so he's been with the team for two years, longer than any quarterback that we currently have on our roster. Um, Jaron Hall also in question, he could potentially get a start. Uh, he, he obviously started the first game after Kirk went down, had a couple of nice drives and Mullins had, a quick drive and a punt, and then a nice drive that he brought us all the way down to the goal line and uh, got injured trying to cross the goal line. Um, so I, I would be surprised to see Jaron Hall just because he's had such limited experience with the team and in, in the NFL in general. Um, so if I, if I was power ranking, who I think is the most likely to start, I would say one, Nick Mullins, one B, Josh Dobbs. They're, that's kind of a coin flip in my mind. I do think Mullins is probably the favor uh, or the favorite in that coin flip. But it's close. And, and then I'd put pretty far down the list is Jaron Hall uh, chance to start. But I guess we haven't heard much from the team. KOC will have a press conference this week. We'll get an injury report on Wednesday as well. And we'll get one tomorrow, actually, um, from, from the Vikings. So we'll get to see some of that stuff, who's practicing, who's not. Uh, JJ slotted to return as well. I haven't heard anything confirming that report. I don't know if you guys have it all. Um, but J.J. is expected to return against the Raiders on Sunday, which will be a huge help for whoever starts at quarterback. Um, but Vikings offensively the last few weeks, I don't know, we haven't really talked on the podcast about them, but really just running into a wall um, the last two weeks. The play calling has gotten questionable at times, especially in big moments um, where the Vikings at the end of halves, at the end of quarters, or at the end of the first half, at the end of the second half, times to be aggressive, and we haven't really been aggressive in those times. So, like, for example, 
minute 30 left in the game against the Saints, I think it was. Pick up a first down, you can maybe win the game. Actually, it wasn't the Saints. Who was two before uh, the Bears? Or one before the Bears? Can't remember. But regardless, the last two weeks, we've had some chances to win the games, to win the game late in the fourth quarter. And instead of throwing it on third and five, third and six, even even some long second downs, we just run the ball three times and punt and hope the defense will bail us out in the last two weeks. They haven't been able to do so. Um, so the Vikings hopefully getting healthy and well-rested after a super long season. I mean, to go 15 weeks, um, including the preseason games, without having a bye week, just one mini bye in there too. And it was our second week of the season we played on Thursday night. Uh, so that's what they call the mini bye. But you haven't had one of those since week two. You haven't had a real bye since before the preseason started. It was a team that was desperately in need of a bye. Hopefully, uh, the extra rest solves a lot of the problems they're having right now. But, BG, who is the starting quarterback on Sunday in your mind? I think it's going to be Dobbs. I think they're going to give him another chance coming off the bye, uh, get an opportunity to learn more of the playbook since he still you know, doesn't know everything this offense can do. Um, and maybe KOC will pull back some of the limits that he had on Dobbs and open up the playbook like he did for Kirk. But, no, I think he should be the starting quarterback. Obviously a horrible performance uh, our last game. But, you know, give him a chance to play with Justin Jefferson, assuming that Jefferson comes back and does play this Sunday. Um, I think just, you know, with two of his performances so far this year, be, uh, being Dobbs, yep. he deserves the chance to at least give another opportunity out there with Jefferson, with against the Raiders, you know, a team that it should be a winnable game. I think if we keep go, or if we give him the game on Sunday and he wins, keep him going, see what he can do the rest of the year. And then I think if not Dobbs, we should give Jaron Hall uh, the start on Sunday. I just think Nick Mullins, you know, he could definitely be the best quarterbacks of those three, knowing the system really well and being that KOC system quarterback with the offense that he calls. But it doesn't really do us much of anything for the long haul. Jaron Hall, who knows what he's going to be, but, I mean, he's a rookie quarterback. I think with with Kirk Cousins out, we should give him as many snaps as we can. And, I mean, Dobbs is still on the younger side, too. I think he's 28, hasn't really been a, a starting quarterback in much of his career in the NFL. He just gives him more in-season, regular season snaps, see what he can do with the best receiver in the NFL. But um, I think it's going to be Dobbs. If it's Hall, um, I'd be happy with that. But I really, you know... I'm not going to be mad or anything, but I, I I really don't want to see Mullins out there just because I don't think he does anything for us, and I don't think he's head and shoulders above Dobbs or Jaron Hall. Who knows? We haven't seen him play for the Vikings, I don't believe, in anything other than a preseason game. Yep. But that's that's the way I see it right now. Yeah. The thing that scares me about Dobbs and the reason why I say Mullins is because I think Mullins does a better job of controlling the football while at least not throwing crazy interceptions or fumbling it randomly when you're just running with the football. But Dobbs has this high and low to his quarterbacking, and the highs are great. But a lot of times the highs are because he missed the first guy. You know, he, he just was looking the wrong way. He didn't know what his primary read was. Even on some of these you know, crazy scrambles where he breaks two tackles and he goes in to score, you look back at the replay, oh, shoot, he had he – had, uh, TJ Hawkinson wide open in the end zone on a, on a crossing route. All he had to do was throw the football to him. 
and yet he made the play so much more difficult. Or uh, another time, I remember Alexander Madison wide open in the flat would have skipped into the end zone, and and, and Dobbs took a sack, or Dobbs <coughs> ran the other way and fumbled the football, uh, picked the football back up and scored. Yeah, an amazing play, but really was it an amazing play? Uh, he made it look that way, but if you go back and look at the all twenty two, you zoom out. Oh well, he he didn't make an amazing play. Um, so I don't know. I'm up and down on Dobbs. I do love his playmaking ability. It's so fun to watch uh, from just a fan perspective. It's really fun to watch. I think it's unsustainable um, to come in to that game after Mullen, after uh, rather Hall got hurt, win that game, win the next game was incredible, uh, and then to lose the, the last two starts, especially the most recent one against the Bears, and just look horrendous. Um, some of the interceptions not his fault. Some of them totally his fault. And I think, what, he throw four in that game or just three? Was four. four? And, and people saying, and there was two of those interceptions were batted balls that were pretty incredible interceptions. But he also, he should have had a pick six uh, to Jalen Johnson, who, who dropped it on the outside. Jalen had an, another pick earlier in the game, should have had a pick six there. So even if you take out some of the crazy plays, if you're going to do that, then the probability says, well, one of those easy pick sixes are probably going to be caught. Um, so it, Easily could have been six interceptions um, for for Dobbs, and you just can't win football games. The Vikings have lost the last two games by a combined three points I saw today with seven turnovers <laughs> in those two games. And the defense, they've been really stinking good the last few games, but they're not turning offenses over three to four times to make up for the number of Vikings turnovers. So I think if they do play Mullins, the, from the coaching staff at least, the, the logic is – we control the football. If we don't have four turnovers a game, we probably win our last two games. We're probably eight and four or seven and five and not six and six. And they're definitely right. I mean, the if you have three more turnovers than your opponent, I think the number of teams that have won in the last 20 years in the NFL is less than 20. It's something ridiculous like 17 and 123. Um, and the Vikings damn near did it. Um, but you just can't turn the ball over that many times a game and expect to win. So we'll see what happens at the quarterback position. Have, uh-huh. have you guys seen the movie Friday Night Lights? The movie? No. The, no? I've seen the TV show. Nobody here has seen the movie? No. 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 Is it based off the TV show? No, it's different with uh, Billy Bob Thornton, I think is his name. Like Booby Miles? No. Damn it. Okay. Well, so I'm sure somebody listening basic, to this has seen it. Basically what happens is there's this running back on the in the movie and he he has a problem fumbling the ball. So Dobbs has 10 picks. This is between Arizona and Minnesota this year. 10 picks, 7 fumbles. So he's got 17 turnovers this year alone. Wow. And so in the movie, this kid, I think his name's Billingsley or something like like his last name is he fumbles a ton, and so he goes home one night, and he's kind of, you know, hanging with a girl or whatever. His dad's a huge alcoholic, and he was, like, a state champion for the same high school, but, like, 30 years before, whatever. Mm-hmm. He comes out, and he kind of starts, like, beating the sun, and he grabs a ball, and he goes, you're going to fumble this? And he starts duct-taping his hands <laughs> to the ball. And so KLC just needs to get like a glass or two or three of whiskey and just kind of do that to Dobbs and just uh, just have him hold on to the damn ball. I mean, you can't turn the ball over and picks and fumbles and whatever. And I mean, he's getting rocked on some of the fumbles. But as like you said, as high of highs as he has, his lows are 
horrible. And last They're game was yeah. was as bad as you can play. But yeah. just overall, I don't trust him. God forbid we make the playoffs. Uh, sorry, Randy. Uh, I don't trust Dobbs going in there feeling like, okay, he's going to have a smart, safe game where he just doesn't turn the ball over. But on the flip side, I don't trust Mullins either. Like I don't think he's going to win the game for us, in the playoffs at least. I I wouldn't be mad if he starts the next few games for us, uh, Mullins, but I don't know. In the playoffs, I guess I would maybe want to go Dobbs because just because of the potential of having some awesome – some awesome play out of him. I think his high is his ceiling is probably higher than the other three quarterbacks, two quarterbacks on our roster, but his floor is terrible. Like don't even don't belong in the NFL. Terrible. Um, I don't know if anybody really remembers at this point, but four games ago now, five weeks ago when he came in after the Jaron Hall injury, and I'm forgetting what game it even was. Atlanta. But Atlanta. Right? Yeah, against yeah. Yep. At Atlanta. That's right. The Falcons. Uh, he looked awful. Like the first four, mm-hmm. three or four. He, I think he had a fumble, a pick, and a fumble. Safety. A safety. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And it it was unbelievable how bad he looked. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have put in Cordero Patterson. He would have played better at quarterback. <laughs> and it, it was unbelievable how bad he looked in that game. But then the second half rolls around, and he looks fantastic. And there's some awesome plays. Again, some of those awesome plays are just because he simply missed wide-open receivers. But I don't know. Hopefully J.J. could be a big Band-Aid on whoever starts that quarterback. And I think that's probably the most important thing for the Vikings offense right now, regardless of who starts the quarterback. They're going to be pretty bad um, when you look across the landscape of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. But if you have J.J. out there, the best receiver in football, it makes that job a whole lot easier. When if you're a bad quarterback, and I don't know what Dobbs is, bad, good, normal, whatever, if you're coming into an offense, this is the offense to kind of mask how bad you are with all the weapons the Vikes have. I mean, and with it, KOC as a coach, yeah. being a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I we got to see some better play calling out of KOC. Hopefully he was just tired from the last few weeks and all the mayhem at quarterback and the other injuries on the team and stuff. So hopefully the bye week did him some good because he's been shaky. I mean, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, they were talking about KLC being a coach of the year candidate, and now the Vikings lose two straight, and he really has no um, no voice in the conversation anymore. Let's talk a little pack. So I did look up the standings. The Vikings are actually, as we speak right now, in the sixth position in the NFC. The Packers, via tiebreak, and whatnot in the seventh position at seven and seven. So we'll bring in our fourth member of the team. That's right, fourth. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Andy. Uh, pack in wild card position. You guys have been hot the last few weeks. Jordan Love looks better. You looked great last night. You beat the Chiefs. What do you got to say? I have I have three things, and I'll let you guys pick. All right, I've got a I've got a a a measured Packers take. I've got a unhinged Packers take, and I've got a Vikings take. I mean, not a Vikings, a Chiefs take. Let's start with the Chiefs. I, right. I think I like where you're going to go with this. All right, I think so I know where you're going. With so this. I on, think I board. think the Chiefs are the Green Bay Packers from two years ago. So if you look at them, they they lose to the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. They give they're giving up a ton of points. They have a high powered offense, but they need to invest in their defense to win a Super Bowl. So what do they do? They trade Tyreek Hill. They make a lot of moves in the draft to go after offensive skill guys, and then they use free agency spending money on the defense. And you look at them now, and it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's Travis Kelsey, and it's it's a bunch of Jags. 
and <laughs> and and I think their philosophy is is kind of what the Packers did for five years with with Rodgers and Devonte of you know if Rodgers can be great and Devonte can be great that's all our offense needs and then we just have to hit with the defense the Packers couldn't really hit with the defense I mean I've said it plenty of times on this podcast the reason we didn't get past you know the the Niners and other teams in the NFC Championship games was mainly because our defense not because of our offense and I think if you look at the Chiefs now and the struggles that they're having on offense is they need Kelsey and Mahomes to be perfect to win football games. And when they do, it's they're coming back from down 14 nothing against the Raiders, looking like the best offense we've ever seen in football. And then the next week, in your offense line struggles a little bit against a good Packers defensive line, and and you lose to a team that you know is now 500, but at the time you know you were you were a six seven point favorite on the road. So that is that is my chief stakes. That's what it was. That's five. Five. Okay. That is five. I think uh, it was five or six, depending on. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, I, I think the Chiefs and, and we'll see how it turns out for them. But I think the Chiefs right now are, are doing what the Packers did or tried to do on offense with Devontae and Aaron Rodgers. We'll see yeah. if it didn't get the, the, the Packers any Super Bowls. We'll see if it gets. I mean, it's already gotten them one right, right. last year. Yeah. I was we'll just see how many say, more. Well, they already won one last year without Tyreek. But uh, yeah, I don't mind the take. I think the Chiefs are, I mean, they're, I don't know. It's so hard to say. Is this the same Chiefs team that we've seen? I, I don't know. I feel like last year was kind of, it's hard to say with a dynasty, but last year to me kind of feels like lightning in a bottle. And I don't know if they're going to necessarily catch that again, this this playoff run. It feels to me like there's a chance the Chiefs get eliminated even before the AFC championship game, just on a fluke game, like you said, where Travis Kelsey isn't perfect, Mahomes isn't perfect, and oh, they lose. Uh, and I could see that happening, but I don't know. At least in the regular season, the Vikings should have beat the Chiefs, um, but they got screwed by a couple of calls. And, and speaking about getting screwed by calls, the Chiefs got screwed by a call. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, the Packers got screwed by a call. What are you talking about? Yeah, that that was a 15 yarder that ended up not really meaning a whole that, lot. That was a makeup call, not calling the DPI. But the DPI would have been a 50 yard penalty or a 45 yard penalty. It, it seemed like throughout that game that every single penalty was a makeup call that just kept on stacking on top of each other. I think Nick Wright on uh, on on Fox Sports or FS1, you know, he said today that you know, he's a big Chiefs fan, and how he put it, he goes, you know, he's not mad at the NFL because the refs have been terrible this whole year. And as he, as he put it, you know, the Chiefs were, were five-point favorites and they shouldn't have been in a position to let the refs decide the game. And, like, that's generally that's my position in football. Win or lose is that uh, refereeing mistakes and um, and field goals. Like, if your kicker misses a game-winning field goal, your offense should have been better not to put him in that position. So, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, great win by the Packers. I Win or, like... Regardless of the officiating, the Packers outplayed the Chiefs on all three facets of the game last night. Our defense line is so good. I'm go- I'm getting an unhinged uh, Packers take right now. Okay. Our our offense is coming alive. Jordan Love looks so good. He has like a swagger to him. He is like his ball placement is so much better than it was even four or five weeks ago. He's hitting all the right throws. He's comfortable in this offense. Matt LaFleur was in his bag last night. I think Matt LaFleur is your favorite to win coach of the year at this point. I mean, the the last two NFL teams to be as young as the Packers were, age-wise, want to combine one game. One game. And, and the Packers are 6-6. Six, six and six. So, I mean, 
this is a rebuilding year for us, as Big Cat said. I'm pardon my take yesterday. It's so frustrating for him as a Bears fan because we're rebuilding, and right now we're looking like we're going to make the playoffs. Um, stepping into to, to reasonable Packer fan here, like if we can make the playoffs and just get some playoff experience with these guys, I don't care how far we go. It's it's all it's all playing with house money at that point. I mean, we have we're going to have a ton of money this off season. When Rodgers' dead cap is off to to make some investments next year, when Bakhtiari's dead cap is off, we'll have some more money to invest. Jordan Love is going to get a bag May fourth. I think May third is is when he can start. Is when the Packers are can give him an extension, and he's going to make a bag May fourth. Um, so yeah, it's being a Packer fan. It's good right now. It, it, five weeks ago, it was real tough, and all of a sudden we are we are on top of the world. Okay, I'm it's one just, way to view a 500 record. Yeah, but. no, I mean he's <laughs> you're right. Five, you're I, 500 when, too. When we like I know, Flambeau. but I'm not sitting here. We're on top of the world. When, like, <laughs> we're actually in a horrible position. <laughs> we don't know who the hell our quarterback is going to be. Correct. When Andy and I left Lambo a month ago, uh, the Packers were in a state of misery, mm-hmm. and, and Polly P was really milking out of every Packer fan <laughs> in Utah State the entire game. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, we weren't at the game last night because Jordan Love, like you mentioned, he, he did look great. That throw to the end zone, I think it was his last touchdown throw of the game. I don't even remember who caught it, but that he had, he had just over the I uh, mean, his, defender's arm. The, it was perfect. The more impressive one was, because that was his second throw to Watson, his Watson, first touchdown yeah. to Watson, when the pocket started collapsing, he scrambled right in the middle of it all, looked like he was going to go to run, keeps his eyes up. There was a dart. If you look at the all 22, he's thrown to a spot in the field that he knows is going to become open because he knows the linebackers are coming in to stop him. Like that's the sort of throws right there. He had a great like deep out route to Dontavian Wicks with, with pressure coming down on him. Like he is, he's looking like the franchise QB. And like I said before the season, like more than any Super Bowl, it just the mainly from bears fans, uh, bears fans that I, I grew up with the agony the agony of of the Packers having another quarterback and them still trying to find who yeah. a quarterback is for the last forty years is is marvelous. Yeah, I think the jury, at least for me, the jury's still out on love. He did look good last night. I hate when they show the comparisons of him and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and all that kind of stuff. But excuse me, it, uh, I, it there's still a lot of time. We'll see. He he's looked good. He's certainly looked good the last few weeks on this winning streak. I think he's it's four out of five for not the pack. Yeah, he he's he's only looked better every week, and that's like that's all we can ask for. Yep. Here's your coach of the year odds, Randy. This is from. It's got to be D'Amico as the favorite. I'm thinking. Yeah, that's probably right. Yep, D'Amico. Depending on where you gamble at, but DraftKings has him at a hundred. Caesars has him at plus one seventy. Oh. FanDuel has plus two hundred. Um, so goes no, excuse me. That's Dan Campbell. I was looking at it wrong. Mm. Dan Campbell is the favorite at plus two hundred. Then it's D'Amico at plus three hundred. It, it varies based on the book, but Campbell's the first. Then D'Amico. Then Mike McDaniel. Mm, uh, he's around yeah. five hundred. Shane Steichen at five fifty. He's with um, Houston, right? Who just Shane? No, Steichen? Shane Steichen no. is. Who's the Houston coach? D'Amico. That's, that's D'Amico. D'Amico. Okay. What, what did you say his odds are? D'Amico's. Plus 100. 300. Plus, plus 300. 250 yeah. to 300. I like that because I think Dan Campbell's odds aren't going to stay that way because they play the Vikings, the Cowboys, and the Vikings yeah. to end the year. I mean, those are three tough games, and I don't know who else he plays on the roster, but around the schedule, I think the Lions might be a little bit of pretenders, especially when you look at their record. I don't think they're as good as their record. They really haven't beat a good team other than the Chiefs, and the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs of old. Yeah. Um, so 
Their defense is going to decline for odds. Their defense is ass. Their offense, their offensive line may be the best offensive line in in football. They've got so many weapons, but their defense is. I mean, they've had some injuries, but hot garbage. Shout out, I I think I think Mike I think Mike McDaniel. I I hope if if Matt Lafleur doesn't win it, I hope they give it to the coach of the number one seed because they always give it. It's always like the most improved team award. Basically, is the coach of the year of hey, like you exceeded expectations. It's it would be so great if they actually gave it to a coach who like led their team to a number one overall seed. They never do that. Never I, do that. I disagree. I think if you have the expectations of the Texans going into the year. And then you are, I mean, are, they're 500 plus, right? They're seven and five, I think. Yeah. So, they won I mean, three games last year. For them, and he's what? D'Amico's his first year head coach. Yep. I think that deserves it more than maybe like a Nick Sirianni number one seed, in my opinion. Yeah. Back to Dan Campbell really quick. Did he win it last year, two years ago, or has he not won it yet? I don't I'll believe he's out. won it. Okay. Because he's due. Like, he'll get one eventually, I think. Because the Lions didn't finish all that great record-wise. They had a strong push to the end of the year, but like somebody nine, else had it was the order last year. It's probably, nine. again, just yeah. where, like, the expectations were uh, so Oh, it was the Giants coach, right, last year? Yeah, I think you're right. Dayball, isn't that his name? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Also, I... I the the Packers right now. What happened to them this year? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Vikings got Daniel Jones paid. The Vikings screwed the Giants screw franchise for the go. next five years. You're welcome. Shout that out to Eli. Awesome. That is awesome. Um, wrapping up on Vikes. Anything else, fellas? NFL, Pack. Just gonna be a fun finish. It's nice to have everybody in it. Uh, the Lions kind of running away with the division, but certainly a lot to play for the last few weeks. Vikings still with two games against the Lions, a game against the Packers, and I think five to play. So a ton of excitement coming up. Who's the three seed right now? Who would they be matched up with? The Lions. I want to say, oh, it would be the Lions. Yeah. Because the five seed has got to be like what you want to get yes. because then you're playing that's the, the Seahawks. That's the Cowboys. Yeah, and, oh, and, and the Cowboys, the Cow- you'd be playing the Saints. The Cowboys in their last five games have the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions, and wow. the Commanders. And and I I know Mike McCarthy. He will sometimes start to fall off in oh, uh, yeah. in December. So you know, yeah, they have a three game lead up on on the Vikings and, and the, the Packers right now. But I mean, after next week, if if the Vikings and Packers both get wins, and the Cowboys, you know, probably lose to the Eagles. Like you're you're licking your chops, thinking you know we could we could be playing that AFC South team. And I don't know, one. and I don't know who the Packers play the next two weeks, but they're two winnable games for the Vikings with the Raiders and the Bengals without Burrow. The Packers play the uh, the Giants, the Panthers, the Buccaneers. Then I think we have like Vikings, Bears. Yeah, Vikings, Bears. No more lines. No more lines. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a tough or a tight race to the end of the year for that NFC North wild card spot. Yeah. Even maybe well. the division. Will we both make it? Who knows? Possibly. I, I think possibly I'll, with seven now. I, I I don't know if you could put a if you if books will let you put a parlay on like three teams to make the playoffs. But if I mean I wonder if the payout would be of Lions Vikings. Um, Lions, Vikings, Packers all making it because if you look at the Rams schedule, you look yeah. at the Seahawks schedule. They've got some tough games upcoming too. I mean, and, and the Vikings and Packers have a pretty easy schedule remaining. Yeah. So 
That'd be interesting to look at. Uh, last thing on, and we'll make it quick, but last thing on the NFL, 49ers routing the uh, the Eagles Ooh. yesterday at the link was awesome. That was just so fun to see. <laughs> Six drives in a row, the uh, 49ers took for touchdowns um, starting in the second quarter, and I think that rode through maybe till early second half, but six drives in a row, and it wasn't – you know, it was like an 80-yard drive, 75-yard drive, 72-yard drive, 50-yard drive, 70-yard drive, um, which was just awesome, awesome to see the Eagles suffer at home. Um, but Yeah, I don't think yeah. there's a more dislikable team in the NFL right now, Yeah, especially if you're a Vikings fan. But it right now it doesn't even compare to the Packers. Like, I don't no. dislike the Packers, honestly, right now because I, I feel like I'm kind of rooting for Jordan Love with what he's been through on the sideline for years, and I feel like – uh, a bunch of the Packers fans not liking him when they were, when he was drafted, whoa, which is totally whoa, out of his whoa, control. Whoa, 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 whoa. I feel um, like you're casting stones at me right now. Yeah, you didn't like him. <clears throat> but I will say that, yeah, the, the Eagles are just tape. such a easily an easy team to dislike, and Sirianni's a douchebag. Yeah, yes. And I was so happy to see them just get fucked in Philly <laughs> with all those stupid-ass Philly fans going home to beat their wives. Pop yeah. off. Let's go. It's their cardboard boxes to beat their wives. I forgot Zach was still on it. Is that card? Yeah, you know, Zach, I know, yeah, I know I'm good. I'm talking about the Eagles. You got any Eagles Yeah, takes? I was going to say that about the Eagles. Too. No, that dude, that was that made me so happy. That made a really bad day a, a good day. Oh, <laughs> like, if they would have lost, I would have, I don't know if I would have showed up to work today. That would have just a not good day for, I don't know why FSU, that made me so pissed. But yeah, the Eagles losing and that hit they put on Swift, I don't have anything against Swift, but at the end of the game, they were up 20-something right at the end of the game, and they nailed, absolutely nailed Swift. And the guy does a little dance, and he starts yeah, waving at I the crowd a little that. bit. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was just, I was laughing. I was like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. I, that that I, made it really good. I honestly had the exact same thought last night, Zach. It was the very end of the game. The dude's literally Swift is laying on the ground like in pain. The other guy looks over at him and just starts like dancing. And it was so funny. on him. It was so funny. Yeah. I know. I would have been pissed. Oh, man, that was awesome. But, yeah, that that was For sure. All right, let's wrap the show with this, fellas. Minnesota Timberwolves, we opened the show with it, 15-4. and They're first in the West, and according to BG, they're first overall in the NBA with a tiebreaker over the Boston Celtics at 15-4 and as well. Everything is clicking right now. Boone, we'll start with you. Timberwolves missed the, the, the midseason tournament, but they, they played pretty well, 3-1 and one in the bracket. They lose in the tiebreaker. We talked about that. What else? Obviously, Stifle Tower is having a resurgent year for the, for the T-Wolves. He was not really a fan favorite here last year. He wasn't getting a lot of love from the team. He was playing poorly. Uh, and this year, it seems like everything has changed. He's flipped the switch. He's he's not any more of an offensive weapon than he was last year, but he's actually finishing some some shots at the rim, which is <laughs> which is nice to not see him blow layups and stuff like that. But his defense has been impeccable, and, and the Wolves just they look really good right now. Yeah, we keep talking about like odds for people to win. I mean, if he doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year, that and it might still be like plus. Plus money for sure. I think it's like plus 500 or so. He's the favorite, but he's he's just early on. I mean, the game, so BG and I were at that game against the Thunder, and one funny story, Chet Holmgren's dad is so fucking goofy looking. Like, like he's like seven feet tall with a ponytail, and he's got like a little swagger walk to him. Um, Hope you're not listening, I guess, but... Hope you are listening. Hope you are. Uh, Gobert, there was one possession where Chet was just absolutely couldn't do anything, 
the fans stood up and like how many times do you see fans stand up for defense in the NBA? It seems like oh if there's a cool dunk or something. But the fans were it's that place is so awesome right now with how good the team's doing. Um Gobert, I think two words, not about Gobert. Two words, everyone probably thinks, oh Nas Reed. No, Minnesota Mike. I think having him on the team and just like a familiar face who's not a piece of shit like D'Lo was, chirping <laughs> Gobert, you know, openly in front of the team, but just Mike Conley being a vet, being here, just being a good overall guy, I think helps Gobert be a lot more comfortable. It seems like Cat is, at the beginning of the season, Cat kind of pushed back on still being like number two, because obviously this is Ant's team, but I think Cat's kind of buying into that role, which is perfectly suited for him. Where, hey, if you have you know a ten point game where you don't shoot the ball well, you got Ant to go score thirty, and you know you don't have that much heat on you. So I think this team just gels so perfectly together. They're so deep, and I mean this. I God, I remember watching the all white lineup for the Wolves when they had like <laughs> Alexi Schwed, Nikola Pekovic, oh my God, AK forty seven, yeah. Luke Ridenauer, JJ Barea, dude, <laughs> and, and I, I still always enjoyed watching those games. Yeah, but this team, I think, like if you're if you've followed the Wolves and always you know been a Wolves fan, this is like this soak is, it up. Now I'm riding high on this one, Andy. This is this Cat team is, is awesome. Cat is playing like a different player, mm-hmm. like different than we've ever seen him before. Like he is not the big meow this year. Like no. he's playing, he's playing physical but not out of control. Which is like in years past when he's tried to be physical, he's like just, he just flails. Yeah, he just flails and just pushes people over and just so many charges. <laughs> and he's playing. He, he just dominating games in the third and fourth quarter when we need to close close teams out have comebacks, like, especially with Antout the past couple games. He's played so well, and, I mean, uh, with Troy Brown Jr. has yeah. been playing so great with Ant being out. I mean, the only team, the only thing this team is missing is more Luka Garza. Boone's Boone, <laughs> you, know, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> He's still so killing it. Shake with the, yeah, well, Shake can't figure it out, but I, I'm glad yeah, you brought up minutes. Troy Brown because when at the Thunder game, I think Troy had – 10 points in the fourth quarter, and Ant went down maybe late third quarter. And God, I was ripping. And, and they were putting the ball in his they were putting the ball in his hand in clutch yeah. moments in the fourth quarter. No, he played he played great, and it, I think I said to BG, I was like, "Cat's got to step up here," and he did. But everybody else did, and that's yeah. just that's such a gritty win to have your best player go out, and then you still find a way to come back and win the game. So they're clicking. Everywhere we're, we're on pace for for I think like one of the best defensive seasons by any team in like a decade. Like just playing, like just complete. We're playing the type of basketball that Tom Thibodeau wanted <laughs> the, the, the Wolves with Jimmy Butler to play, and we're doing it with Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, and and a cast of characters. We and we're doing that with McDaniel's out the past yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah. The only yeah. thing the Wolves have to do is just stay healthy. Yep, Ant has got to get don't, healthy. Don't punch any God. walls. It wasn't a yeah. bad injury. It could have been a lot worse for Ant, but we've got the talent. We've got the the depth on our roster. We just got to stay healthy, and we have the third easiest schedule the rest mm-hmm. of the season throughout the entire NBA. So um, that was a that was a dirty ass play on that Ant injury. 
Yeah, they got to get they got to either get rid of that or start calling it a technical yep. foul where you slide underneath somebody when they're in wow, the air. They're going up. Didn't even call a foul in the game. Maybe they did. I don't remember. I don't remember. But besides the point, yeah, they we had a few. McGoldans they got to get rid of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember a ton, but uh, the only thing I worry about, and right now, so I think what they're night they're fifteen and four, nineteen games mm-hmm. in. So I mean, you're about twenty five percent of the way through the year. Yep, just you kind of know what your team is. The only thing I'm waiting for is some playoff meltdown, where one, I do think they're going to win a series for sure, and they're going to have a. If they stay where they are, they're going to have a great seed home court. I'm waiting for a Chris Finch meltdown coaching game where yeah. you just. He just like he's been calling timeouts this year, so he's <laughs> learning slowly. He's learning. Yeah, and then another, like I said, I mean, kind of goes back on my point, but a game where Cat just completely disappears, and maybe right. Ant doesn't have it that night, and you don't get saved. But yeah, I, with the way the team's playing, I mean, shoot, they're not giving up any points, so they'll yeah. be yeah. Well, one of these days, his nipples are going to pop out of his quarters. Up, I'm convinced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets so angry, and he's like, holy cow, man! <laughs> I heard Finch today on the radio talking. Um, about Carl Anthony Towns and his new role with the team. And he said, basically this offseason, they went up to Cat and they said, you're no longer the sun, you're just another planet. Uh, meaning not the, the offense doesn't rotate around you. Nothing is going to be revolving around you anymore, but you're a planet. You're, you're in the mix, you're in the rotation. And for whatever reason, that analogy stuck with Cat, and he's he's loving it. And, it's the only way it makes sense. He's probably big into astrology. Let's be honest. He must yeah, be. Where's Josh either, Dotson, we need him. Either Cat or Finch. One of them is very much into it because that was the analogy he used. Is Cat? You're no longer the sun. You're just a planet, but you're still a big planet and, and a big part of the solar system. In the Minnesota Timberwolves, but he, he totally misunderstood him and thought like a planet was bigger than the sun. He's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. coach, I hear you. This is still my team. <laughs> got the sun went around the earth. <laughs> He's a goofy guy, but hey, yeah. if, as long as he stays under control, doesn't freak out at re- like he's so easy to hate. I just need him to just. Relax, yeah. calm down, I, play your role. Just do your thing, fun. and we can look past you changing your voices in different interviews. Every he's, interview. <laughs> he's the most frustrating star because oh my God, like he's, yeah. he is such a good basketball player, and I'm just so used to just, like, like I'm ready to be frustrated when he, like, I'm just assuming he's going to do something stupid with the ball. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll still kick it off his leg when he's going with the dunk for no good reason and, like, just push someone over for no reason. And, like, they, there's still a little bit of that, but... Like he's just elevated the game in a way that no one saw coming. And I think he's elevated so his maturity yes. more than anything. Might yeah. be the the way I would describe well, it. Well, and the thing is, he's he's what 26, 27, 28? Drafted in fifteen. He's not so playing. He's not playing Fortnite at one okay. a.m. Well, it, <laughs> it's unusual. Yeah, I mean, it's unusual to see that you know an, an NBA player in their ninth or seventh or eighth year, whatever he's in, is now getting mature. But it, it's cool to see nonetheless, whether it be three or four years later than everybody else in the NBA and in the Timberwolves organization expected. Uh, but, yeah, maybe the big meow is finally graduating from the big meow. He's still kitty cat. I, I, for now, I'm, I'm not – we won't use the nickname all the time, but it's still around unless he proves if we win a playoff series. What they need, and, and this, this would be the perfect time to, to bring him in, is to get Kevin Garnett back in the building so that <laughs> – just, I mean, think Toss about with this team, just everyone overall, like how fun and good this team is. If they had him here, just kind of helping out at practice, I don't know what the role would be. First off, get his jersey retired. Um, yeah, once Glenn Taylor's out, all these become possibilities with yeah. him still in the building. I think not. 
But having yeah. he's got to be involved with this team somehow. Yeah. Boston Celtics. Yeah, they're they're playing right now. Playing game. Oh, the, the Celtics Pacers. are playing. Oh, nice. Tyrese Halliburton's going off. You want me to flip? Get the Tyrese game? to Minnesota. Yeah. That would be sick. All right, we'll talk about that. Zach Briel, let's uh, let's get one final thought from you before we end this podcast. Minnesota Wild, have you been watching them them at all with the new coach Chris Hines? I believe. I have not. I I heard we won that first game um, with the, the new coach. Two. I haven't first two, yeah. Did we? Yeah. By quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. It was. Um, it, it was getting. It was kind of dire straits there, and Kristoff was just invisible. Like he was yeah. there, and that, he was doing nothing. So hopefully, this can be the, the spark to turn us around. Um, after the New Year's, when I start getting into hockey, there's too much okay. football on. But yep. with my other statement, I don't know if I'm watching football anymore this year. And well, are you, are you oh, okay? Are you boycotting the NFL too? No, not the NFL. No, no, unless. Travis Kelsey like proposes on the field, and <laughs> the yeah. NFL makes like a feature film about it or something. Then I'd stop. But it'd be, it'd then, be a musical. No. What's your take on Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? Oh, the god. whole phenomenon. Oh my god, uh, we don't have enough time. But like, it's I think it's all a marketing scheme. It's it's total. Well, we've already talked about this, haven't we? <laughs> do you, do you, do you ever remember that conversation? <laughs> well, oh, not everybody. So not right. everybody has heard that conversation, Zach. That's right. Well, long story short, I think the NFL is, um, I think it's all a marketing scheme to get more fans watching the NFL. Um, I saw so many snap stories last night of people taking pictures of Taylor Swift in the booth, like girls' stories, taking pictures. I'm like, what are the chances you would have been at a Packer game on a Sunday night, you know, if you live in Milwaukee, if you didn't, you know, if, you, if Taylor Swift wasn't going to be at that game. And I really right. think that the NFL plays a, plays a factor there. And Travis is just the, the pawn. Yeah. Well, I will say, I will say this. Like, Emma and her sister watch every Chiefs game, and I'm cool with that because I don't have to hear them hey, bitching about it. Boone, so. Boone what did you go for as a Halloween? <laughs> I went as, well, I, I no, know. No, 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 no. What did you go for as? It's a simple two-word answer. Pfizer sellout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Travis. Funny. That one is Travis. Travis Scott? Travis Barker. <laughs> Yeah, tra- I, I don't know. It'd be cooler to go as Travis Scott or Travis Barker. Both. Hey, we got some ideas for next year. <laughs> Definitely so, gentlemen. Thank you for for being here, Zach. Thank you for calling in. Your takes were immaculate tonight. They were awesome. Um, anything, I appreciate that. Any final thoughts from you, or you're good? I'm. I think I'll, I'm gonna get tucked in for the night. Okay. Go to bed. You go tuck it in for the night. We'll do the same, and we'll see you all back here, uh, hopefully next week, gentlemen. We can do this again on Monday, uh, and hopefully we have Vikings victory to talk about. Raiders Sunday, three oh five. Let's get a win, Vikes, and we'll talk about it afterwards. Thanks for joining. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable But in the end that's right I hope you have the time of your life So take the photographs and still frames in your mind Hanging on 
the shelf and good up in good times. Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial. For what it's worth, it was worth all the while. It's something unpredictable. In the end, that's right. I hope you have the time of your life. That was awesome, guys. That, that was, was awesome. That whistle part was really good. Thank that you. Was really